you walk past a gold mine and you don't even realize that you're walking past a gold mine. Sometimes a person can be facing greatness. Opportunity is right there staring in his face and he misses it. And it's such a shame. So every year we try to discuss the Indian of the Heineken Tug, the incredible day of Purim, in a very, very special way. Because it's such a special day. And if we don't understand the capabilities and the opportunities that we have of Purim, then we just walk past the gold mine. And we didn't take the opportunity. And we didn't utilize the Kedushas Hayoim and the wonderful opportunities that Purim brings together with it. The Ramban is a famous klal. The Ramban says that the more something is destroyed, the more intrinsic Kedusha it contains. And you see that by, of course, the Beis HaMikdosh and the Chorban Abayas. But you see it also from the day of Purim. It's, so to speak, quote-unquote, a destroyed day. People are running, people are doing Avada for mitzvahs in a Gavaldiga way. But sometimes we don't utilize the opportunities that Purim brings together with it. I'll bring you an example. And then we'll move on. The Svarim Akdashim bring down a few incredible ideas that I want to share with you. Based on the Mishnah in Megillah that everybody's familiar with, but the Mishnah tells us in Mesechtas Megillah that the Megillah can be read on Yeralev, your base and your Gimel, the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th of Adar. Says the Svarim Akdoshim that these three days before Purim, even though nowadays we don't really read Purim, the Megillah, on those days we read Yudalat and Tesvav, depending on where you are, but you still have the Havamina, that the Mishnah tells us there is such a Yisoid of reading the Megillah on the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th of Adar. Zuk the Shvarim Akdoshim. These are like the Shloshi Sumeya Gabola before Kabbalah Satori, before Martin Torah, just like we know three days before Shvuas. The Shloshi Sumeya Gabola of preparation, of preparing ourselves to be the Kli, to be the utensil, the base kibble, to accept the Torah. As we know on Purim, they were Makabal again, this time the Simcha Zuktoisvus, they did a Biava, and therefore we have three days before Purim to prepare ourselves. The Heiligach Samsoifa, Brings down in his droshes to Zion Adar. Zuchdachsam he says that when Esther told everyone to fast for three days, these were like Zuchdachsam for the three days that it says before Matan Torah, having a chaynim neshloshis yomim, there had to be a preparation before Purim. There had to be a preparation before Kabbalah Satorah. And we have to realize that's what Purim is. It's not just a day where we make mitzvahs and we get drunk. It's a day that we can actually accomplish so much as I want to explain. And I'll just say one more thing before we move on to the kasha that I want to get to. There's a Mordecai Mishnabura. The Chavetz Chaim writes, you can look this up in Simon Tzadisi Kotten Chavches, and he shows us the Chashivas of the Yom of Purim. And Rabbi listen carefully, because if you guys are here listening, you will be able to utilize the incredible day of the Koyach of Tzfilah on the day of Purim. And he brings a tshuva z'radvaz. That the radvaz is a kasha. What happens if a person's in a situation that he cannot love him with a minion? For whatever it is. He can't love him with a minion. The king gives him permission to love him with a minion once. You could choose one day in the year. What do you choose? And the shaila is, of the Mishnabura shaila, when he brings the radvaz, do I choose now? Right now, if, if he lets me to do it now, let him do it now. Uh, why should I wait 
Right? He's allowing it of the minion. Let's go. Right now. Mincha. Right? Or do I wait for a different day? Now, there are two examples that the Radvaz brings of the two days that you may possibly think that you would choose when to dump with a minion. One of them is Yom Kippur, and the other one is Purim. Now, Yom Kippur I get. I get that. Yom Kippur, Yom Slicho Mechila, it's a day of tshuva, it's a day of connection with the Rabbi Shalom. I get that. It's just one day a year that you could choose to have a minion. I get it. It should be Yom Kippur. Purim? Chaykh's Purim. Why Purim more than Shvuas? Why more than Sukhas Torah, Shmini Apseris, Shana Rabba? Purim? Zuk the Radvaz, again he doesn't say this clearly, but this is obviously what's coming out. The Koyach of Tefillah on the day of Purim is so incredible that if you have to choose one day a year to dump with a minion, it could be that the day should be Purim. That's the Koyach of Tefillah that we have on Purim. That means every single one of us should utilize the day of Purim as a Yom HaTfillah. It's a Yom Kabbalah HaTfillahs. It's a day that the power of our Tfillah, of course every day the Rebbe Shons accepts our Tfillahs and he wants their Tfillahs, but certain days just have a bit more of a push, a bit more of a Kaya. Purim is one of those days. And we should remember that. And we should utilize it. Utilize every Tfillah on Purim. Every Bruchas on every Asher whatever you could do. It's a day of Tfillah. It's an incredible, incredible opportunity that we shouldn't waste. But let me start with the Kasha. The Gemara tells us in Megillah the following Kasha. The Gemara says, Mavatlin Talmud Torah Lishmoya Mikra Megillah. Very interesting Chazal. Mavatlin Talmud Torah. Mavatl Torah. No Torah, right? Stop learning. You're in the middle of a Tosfus of a Rashba. Close the Sefer and go and listen to the Megillah. Now, I have a simple question for the Olam. It's a very simple question. Doesn't every mitzvah require some level, if you want to call it out, I don't want to call it that, but the Gemara does basically, of Bittal Torah? Like if you want to shake a luluf, right? You have to literally pick up the luluf, there's kavanas, the naniim, tagan tzazah. If you want to eat matzah on Seder night, you also have to eat matzah. You have to close the Gemara and eat matzah. There are many mitzvahs that we do and that we're required to do that it doesn't say this. Why over here specifically does it say Mavatlin What's so special about the Megillah that we have to understand that Chazal are telling us close the Gemara, which we have to do by every mitzvah, right? Talmud, maybe they might say the Gemara in Kedushan, Dachmem on the base. Now, there are many, many halachas that we have to close the Gemara in order to learn, in order to do. That's why we learn, in order to do. So I'm doing. So why is that the same? Mavatlin That's the Kasha. Let's answer the Kasha with a couple of things. I'll talk to you like this. Let's start with this. Rabbi, so we'll start with the Gemara Megillah Davzayin. Famous Chazal. It's a famous song, Agavitz Chazal. Chayiv inish le besum bepuria adulah yada. That we know, it's a gavaldiga mitzvah. That we try to makayim mahadrin, minna mahadrin. Nobody looks for colors over here. And the Gemara tells us as follows. The Gemara says, Chayiv Inish, that there's an obligation. As far as I know, every art school translates that as Chayiv means obligation, as far as I know. Right? If that's the case, Chazal Talet there's an obligation to get completely plastered on Purim. As I state in Chazal, right? But, there's a problem. What's the problem? Because the Gemara straight after saying Chayiv Inish tells us a story. Now we have to understand, when Chazal tells us a story, there's a reason for it, okay? The Gemara tells a Maisa with Rabba and Reb Zeira, where basically, where Rabbi and Rabzeira were eating a Suda, Rabzeira was killed, 
if it was real or not real, I'll be Kabbalah, I'll be the Marashah, I'm not going now to the Sugya now, but whatever it is, there was a, there was a Matzav, he brought him back to life again, did on him, and the next year, he invites him to his Suda, says, uh, you wanna come, you wanna come for the meal? Oh, no, 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 you did it once, you were Zaycha to Tchiyas once, I'm not trying it again, I'm not taking no risks. So he decided he's not going to come to him. And the question is over here, and it's a question that was shown him, why did the Gemara bring us this story right after it says Chayavinish? It tells us an obligation to get plastered and then tells us a story of one killed the other. So do I or do I not uh, follow the Gemara? That's the Kasha. Most Rishonim, and without going into the details because that's not the Sugya now, most, some Rishonim hold that since the Gemara brought us the story of what could happen if a person gets drunk, it's not Kedai. Meaning, yes, Chayvinish, but Lamaisa, the story tells us, be careful, probably you shouldn't do it. That's how some of the Rishonim learn. Others Rishonim, and this is the Maisa, Rav Rishonim, Bechem Posak Moron Habes Yosef, in the Shulchan Aruch, is that we pass in that Abada Chayvinish, the story, and Achanami, a person has to be careful. But Chayvinish means Chayvinish, which means, that there's an obligation we paskin to get completely drunk. Yes, the Ramah brings colors, and there are colors of the Rambam, and there's colors of 17 different Rishonim, of how you can learn Chayiv Inish, and the Shir of getting drunk, which we'll discuss, Ezo Shem Lahalacha, a different time. But we don't look for colors. Who looks for colors in Yiddishkeit? We don't look for colors in Yiddishkeit. We want to have a kind of mitzvah in the best possible way. So we're going to go all the way. What is going on? What type of religion is this? Gemara Psachim, everybody's familiar with three people who are Shalom hate. One is someone that gets drunk. Huh? And on Purim, we're meant to get drunk. Not only are we meant to get drunk, have to get drunk. Big in Yonim. What is this? Drunk on Purim. A Yid. A Yid that's meant to be holding himself, understanding where he's doing. What is this all about? That's the Kasher, I say. There's a story that we say every year from the Heidegger Baditshiva, the Kedushas Levi. This one. Listen to this Maisa. The Maisa goes like this. As many tzaddikim did, they used to travel. They used to go into exile, they used to travel, people didn't know who they were. Dushas Levi was no different, he used to go into exile, he used to go into Golos. He went into an inn, and he asked for a room, and the innkeeper, simple Amoret, said, show no problem, give you a room, gives him a room, gives the rabbi the room, no problem. The rabbi goes into his room, Shalom Alisrol. In the middle of the night, the innkeeper hears noises, he hears noises. He says, what's going on? So he goes, everyone's supposed to be sleeping now. It's the middle of the night. So he walks around the inn, and he realizes it's coming from the door that the rabbi, who came last night, is sleeping in. So he puts his ear to the door. Is everything okay? And he hears crying. Crying, stamping on the floor. Mamish crying. Sabrach. And he says, oh, this is terrible. What happened to this rabbi? Is everything okay? So he slowly knocks on the door. The rabbi opens, he couldn't believe it, there's tears, momish tears coming down, the floor is wet with a puddle of tears. He says, Rabbi, is everything okay? Who died? What happened? So the rabbi brings him into the room, he says, no, 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 I'm crying for the Chorban Beis Amikdash. Now this is a Yid, who doesn't, Chorban Beis Amikdash, what's the Beis Amikdash? What are you talking about, Rabbi? He says, I'll explain to you, we had a Beis Amikdash, and that was the Mokim HaShchina. And that was where we had Korbanus, and we had the Voidus of the Kaihanim. And he started to explain him. And the innkeeper's like, what? This is why you're crying? This happened years ago, man. Come on, shut out. This doesn't happen now. Why are you still crying? No, we have to understand. And he went through the sugya with him to explain him how a year has to cry for the Chorban Mesa Megdosh. How we have to feel the Chorban. And all of a sudden, this innkeeper, 
the pintaliyid, the little spark of Yiddishkeit started to ignite and it started to fan the flames within him. And all of a sudden, this innkeeper decided that he's getting involved and he started to cry. And he says, Oy vai, what's going to be? Where's the Rabbi Mishalaylam? Where's the Shechina? We don't have a Baisam Mikdash. We don't have the Kahanim, the Kobanas, and everything that went over there. And he was crying and crying. They were delving deeper and deeper into the Sugya. That the, the Baditshiva saw that this innkeeper was in Sakona. He was, post- he was so involved. He was so tzabrochen. He, he looked like he was about to have a heart attack. So Baditshiva said, hold on a minute. You have to understand. Chazal tell us that the Rabbani Shalom destroyed the base of Middash for our good. Like Chazal tell us. The Rabbanishim destroyed the sticks and the stones instead of Kali Yisrael themselves. So really it was for our good. Really it was for our Kali Yisrael's good. And they started going out until eventually they broke into a smile. And then they started to sing. And then they started to dance. And they had a Gemurdik and Rikida going on over there in this inn on the Churban Beis HaMikdosh. Zugda Badichava. Zugda Heiliger Badichava. That this exactly, it's what's going on on Purim. That through the whole time in life, throughout the year, we're busy with the Tzoros, we're busy with what's going on in our lives, what is going right, what is not going right, what we think should be going right, but we don't recognize that everything is for our good. We don't recognize that we should be dancing and singing the the whole year we should be singing in that way, but not always do we have the opportunity, because life sometimes lends itself to all sorts of challenges and situations, but ultimately, to realize that everything that happens is for us, is for the good that we need. A Misa, with one of the Rebbe's, whichever Rebbe it was, it's irrelevant, whichever one it was, that there were lines and lines of Hasidim that were waiting to see the Rebbe. And there was a very poor man who was at the back of the line and slowly inching his way forward. And he's waiting to get a bracha and hopefully the Rebbe would give us some money because generally the derech was that if a Rebbe saw that someone needed the money, he would give him a bissel gelt that he got from one of the previous Hasidim, whatever. So he's excited to get a bracha and a bit of guilt. He'll be able to have some money to bring home to his family. He's waiting in the line and he sees that as, he, as he's getting closer and closer, there's a very wealthy man who just joins the line at the back. He joins at the back and he sees a chutzpah. He sees the Gabba sees, the Rebbe sees, the Gabba, the Rebbe tells the, the Gabba, do me a favor, get that rich guy in quick. Yeah, the chutzpah is it protects you over here. That's not how it works. We've been waiting in line for hours. Why does he get in first? It's because he's got a bit of money. It's a chutzpah. He was so upset. Obviously, he's not going to say anything to the rabbi, but he was really upset. The rich man went in. Eventually, this poor man got his turn. And he was so upset. How can the rabbi do this? Come on. Just because I don't have money and he has money, he gets in first. That's not fair. So he didn't say anything. But the rabbi sensed that he was upset. And he sensed why. He said, my dear Yid, I want to tell you something. You upset that I let this wealthy man in. I want to explain to you why I did it. Very simple. I had, mo- I had money here that I give out to people that need money. I realized that I've got basically nothing left. And there's many more people coming to see me that need money. This man is going to give me a nice pigeon. He's going to give me a nice amount of money. I'll be able to continue giving out to all the poor people money. So I let him in first so that I'll be able to give you the money. And then all of a sudden it dawned on him, ah, so it is for my good. How many times in life do things seem terrible? They seem bad. They seem like they don't make sense. But the Rabbi Nishalolim has got that master plan. He's holding the strings. And we're just in this world as puppets. And it may look terrible and bad. It doesn't make any sense. How can this be? Why is the Rabbi Nishalolim doing this? And the answer is because there's a big plan. 
And the way the Rabbani Shalom runs the world is so perfect, it's so gewaldic, that we don't even sometimes understand and appreciate it. It's almost like a young child, where you've got two brothers, one of them happens to have diabetes, for example, and he can't take any sugar, and the other one's healthy, and the mother comes to give dessert. And to one of the children, she gives a nice ice cream with all sorts of candies and chocolates and cakes and everyone. And the other one gets a baked apple. And he looks at his mother and says, you don't love me as much as you love my brother. Because you're not giving me that dessert. And she looks at him and says, no, you don't understand. If I would give you the same dessert, yes, it would be sweet for a few moments in your life. But the after effects of what could happen to you and your health could be detrimental, could be terrible. We have to understand and live the message that the life that we have here is something that we don't always understand. We don't understand how the Rabboni Shalom runs the world and it looks to us like it's difficult. It looks to us like it's terrible. But we have to understand there is a master plan and Rabboni said, let's go back to our original Kasha. Why did he get drunk? It's the Indian of getting drunk. What's the chat? So as we said last year as well, you can't drink and drive. Never drink and drive. If you drink, you don't drive. You know why? Because during the year, we think we're in the driving seat. We're driving. It's us. We're in control, right? When a person is drunk, he's not in control. He does whatever just comes his way, whatever goes. He's not in control. He doesn't make chashboyness. The whole life, the whole world, we're with If I do this, this is going to happen. If I say that, that's going to be all the chashboyness in the world. You get drunk, there's no chashboyness anymore. You just go, you just say, you just do. Rabbi Nishonim is telling us, one day a year, no chashboyness. Rely on the Rabbi Nishonim. Don't drink and drive. If you drink, you don't drive. Because if you drink on Purim, you're not going to be in the driving seat. Because you're going to recognize that it's the Rabbeinu Shalom that's in the driving seat and not us. And that answers our original kasha. Mavatlin Talmud Torah says, Chazal, the Shmoya Mikra Megillah. Why? We're Mavatl Torah, even the Mavatl Torah for Lulav, and for Matzah, and for many other things. Over the chizuk, says the Gemara in Zvachim, Kiyumai, the chizuk that a person can gain by listening to the Megillah. Understanding the Megillah, absorbing the message of the Megillah, where everything looked terrible. Oivai, Esther's inviting Homan, it makes no sense. What's going on? We're gonna be, we're gonna be destroyed. But no, there's a big plan. That's what the Megillah gives us a chizuk. The Megillah gives us a chizuk. Yeah, close your Gemara. You know why? Because the chizuk you get from listening to the Megillah is so great, so gewaldic. That it's going to give you a chizit the entire year. And all of us, Be'ez HaShem, should be zoichet the makayim, the mitzvah in the right way, to utilize the day of Purim, Be'ez HaShem, HaBo'a, Le'inu L'Toyba.